Hello, this is Pete Byrne from Naked Eyes, and you're listening to Stuck in the 80s. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, an interview with Pete Byrne from Naked Eyes. And with me, as always, Times Pop Music critic Sean Daly. You know, you're starting to turn to Wolfman Jack a little bit. Really? Are you just talking about my body hair? <laughs> No, just the way you sell things. I like it. Even the way. Hey, naked eyes. No, you're, you're going to keep. Let's get naked for naked eyes. Is one of us supposed to be a dog in this scenario? Yes. You're not going to kid me about naked eyes, are you? <laughs> no, no. I was just I was teasing you about Wolfman Jack. I actually love naked eyes. I had uh, the Naked Eyes album, 1983. I love it. We're going to be talking all about it today. Yeah. Now, Naked Eyes is the uh, opening act and for the Regeneration Tour, which uh, began in Las Vegas, and I was there for that, and, and we'll talk about that in a second. And they're also coming August 30th to Clearwater's Ruth Eckert Hall. And you'll be introducing the show? Yeah. Hey, everybody, it's me. <laughs> Wolfman Spears. <laughs> Wolfman Spears. <laughs> Look at this chest hair. <laughs> And what do you wear when you introduce these things? Are you gonna, uh, are you gonna show a little skin, a little, little flesh? You know what? And I, I actually been. This is something that's been keeping me up late at night lately because uh, I've done it two or three times now. It's not your demons. Uh, it's usually the liquor. You stood, buttwad. This time, I think I'm gonna go try to find one of the Regeneration Tour uh, concert tees. Like, you know, wander the halls and see if I can't scam one and, and put that on. Try to look at least professional. Why don't you wear a nice button down and khakis? How about that? How would that be 80s? That would be like uh, Revenge you know of the what? Nerds. Stop trying to sell like that. Just look good. Look tight. But no matter what I'm wearing, I will somehow manage to get through the introductions. And uh, as I leave the stage, enter Pete Byrne of Naked Think Eyes. He, maybe you guys will high five. We might share a little man hug. Really? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, I, Naked Eyes, uh, we have a, you have the big interview coming up. You interviewed him. We're going to hear that, Pete Byrne. Now, um, how good were they in Vegas? They were great. In fact... What's what's funny is you know you think of naked eyes, and really I mean the first thought that comes to mind is always always something there to remind me. And you see Pete Byrne in the video, and he's sitting there like some lumpy, you know, sullen, gloomy guy at the, the cafe table, and and that's and that's your vision, like it or not, of Pete Byrne. That that it's and, also my vision of you yeah. right now as I gaze in there. <laughs> but uh, so. I, in a way, I'm kind of expecting this. I'm expecting like this gloomy-looking dude to walk yeah. out on stage. But instead, what you get is this really happy guy who comes out there and flashes a big grin. Sprightly, even. Yeah. And he, he holds up his guitar, and he strums it, hits one chord, and he sings the first verse just 
by himself of always something there to remind me. Oh, wow. And, I'm, and I freaked. I mean, everyone jumps to their feet. And, I, and the first thought that goes through your head, of course, is, really? You're going to open with always something there to remind me? Where, where is there to go from there? And, uh, but it's, it's a brilliant way to start a show. And he'll explain it during the interview why he chooses to open with that song. Cool. And, of course, always something there uh, to remind me was a, a remake of a song by the great Burt Bacharach. He'll talk about that. David. Yep. And I think Burt Bacharach, I think that was one of his favorite co- covers of one of his songs, right? It's been, it's been redone like 30 times, I think. And uh, I love, he's done, and Naked Eyes has done it twice. They do it once as a, uh, you know, the, the version we all know from 1983. And then in 2007, Pete Byrne came back and did a, recorded an acoustic version of it that appears on the album Fumbling with the Covers. Yeah, you love that. You say oh, it's great. It is great. It's a great album. But uh, a little background on Naked Eyes for a lot of people who don't know a lot about him. When people think of Naked Eyes, it's, it is two people, Pete Byrne and the late Rob Fisher. Rob Fisher died in 1999. The, uh, they were friends in Bath, England, and he'll talk about how he met Rob. It's a funny story. They actually were childhood friends who had formed a band called Neon. You familiar with Neon? I do not know Neon. Maybe this song will refresh your memory. That is communication without sound. Does it sound you hear a little bit of the naked eyes in I there? I do, I do. That band consisted of uh, you know, Rob and Pete, but also two other guys named Roland and Kurt, who would oh, go on to come form on. No way. Tears for Fears. Really? Yep. Wow. The breakup Neon, huh? Ne- Neon would form two Power bands. Packed. Yep. And uh he uh he talks about a little bit about Tears for Fears. He talks about the fact they've never actually toured together, believe it or not. Even though they're all, they all remain friends. The um, uh, Naked Eyes broke up at the end of the 80s. He'll talk about that, of course. And he'll talk about the comeback. But uh, you know what kills me? Uh, it really bothers me a lot that people kind of write off Naked Eyes as being kind of like a one-hit. Two-hit, maybe. Two-hit wonder. Promises, promises. Right. I mean, they kind of... You know, I'm going to make a case right now that they were sort of like the Roy Hobbs of the 80s music Are you scene. dropping a natural reference on I'm me? I'm dropping a natural reference on you. This is a band that had to overcome a lot. They uh, Would you say Pete Burns' guitar is like Wonder Boy? Yeah. And I'd say that uh, uh, Rob Fisher's keyboards are like the Savoy Special. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but uh, they, they kind of got screwed around by their record company in the 80s. They weren't really allowed to tour. They were kind of forced to stay in the studio. They um, they eventually kind of you know that sort of wore on them after a while. They got sick. Of course, you know you know Rob dies in 1999. Just as they're getting back together, Rob dies. You know as they're working on a third album, and it takes Pete a while to pull it back together again and get the machine rolling again and to get his passion for music back. Hold on, Rob Fisher. I'm about to botch my 80s history. Like I usually do, but was Rob Fisher perhaps part of Climby Fisher? He was indeed. Really? Yeah. That song "Love Changes Everything." Yes, that's that the was on uh, uh, the love tape of Sean Daly and Natalie Diffenbaugh back then. Drink, drink, drink. Ah, the I good. love love. You have "Love Changes Everything." Can I hear some of that? Here we go. Love changes, changes everything. Music.
I like my version better, even though that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Rob Fisher. That's too bad. He passed away. So you said you owned the, the first album by these guys. By Naked Eyes? Yeah. I think I owned Climby Fisher and Naked Eyes. Yeah, Naked Eyes I did. I loved uh, When the Lights Go Out, Fortune and Fame. Uh, as I was doing tons of research for this show, I listened to the album again. I'm like, God damn. It's like ingrained in my DNA. Yeah. I listened to it a ton. I love them. I it's, did. It, you got to look past the hits, and you'll find that there's a bunch of brilliant songs. And one of my favorites, and he played it in Vegas, and you just mentioned it a second ago, this one, When the Lights Go Out. So just within the last three years now, suddenly you see Naked Eyes on tour again and Pete making albums again, and it's, it's, it has that sort of comeback feel. Like, here's a guy who loves music and has had a lot of bad things happen over the years and had you know some things, most of which were not under his control, and here he is back again, and you really had to feel for him. You just wanted to, you know... You, you, hug him. you, you, want maybe, him you think hug. maybe he'll hug him backstage? I'd love to hug him. Hey, and uh, there's a surprise at the end of the show. What he'll, the uh, the promises, promises that he makes to me when I meet him backstage uh, at Ruth Eckert Hall. Really? So you stay tuned Excellent. for that. So let's do it. I want to hear your interview. Let's okay. do it. You and Pete Byrne. It's an incredible pleasure to talk to you. I uh, oh, thank you. I caught your set at the uh, Las Vegas show. Uh, it was the second night. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And the, for some reason, and I'm not quite sure why, there was uh, there was a, sh- a show in 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 Phoenix, um, which we weren't involved in, and I'm not sure why that happened. But uh, well, you know, the, uh, Vegas was a nice opening night. Someone told me that Naked Eyes never really toured the U.S. in the right. in the '80s, and that you've only kind of been over here now for the last year or so. Well, the way it went was back in the early days, uh, EMI, Capital, that is, um, <clears throat> considered us uh, to be a sort of video band. And I think from their point of view, it was, it was a better option for us to do videos and, and pro- promos. I mean, I did all the, all the big TV shows in America. I did Solid Gold and American Bandstand and all those things. Um, but we never did tour. And we were supposed to tour a couple of times, but both of them fell through. We were going out with Hall & Oates. And then for some reason that fell through. Then we were going out with the motels, and uh, and that that didn't happen. So you know we never did. I mean you know it was it was like you know get back in the studio and, and cut another record sort of thing. Um, I think it hurt us a great deal, and, and I'm finding I was finding that out here as well. I've been back on the road for about three years, and uh, and it's you know everybody knows my songs, but still there's still a lot of people that don't know the name Naked Eyes because of that fact. Right. So uh, you know. So the marketing of Naked Eyes wasn't the best uh, thing ever. You know, we uh, we suffered a little bit from that. I think. I th- I think what 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 really surprised me when I saw you live was, um, I mean, of course, I I, I knew the videos and I knew the hits, Man. and um, in the video you're you're, uh, you know, sullen, gloomy, and when you you came on stage, you you were just you brightened the place up. You had this great smile. You Thanks. came out, you played that one chord, and then you went into, you launched into like the beginning of the acoustic version. 
Right. Of uh, always something there to remind me. And I, I, the audience, I think, was just blown away. I walk along the city streets you used to walk along with me. And every step I take recalls how much in love we used to be. Oh, how can I forget you? It occurred to me that doing such a short set and going on first, it might be a nice way to open the, the whole evening with, you know, what is possibly one of the most well-known songs. Um, I just thought it, it would go down well, and, and I've been proved right. I mean, every, every show I've been doing that, and, uh, and, and I think it is quite shocking. I mean, I some people just sort of go, well, what? I don't understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's not a big deal, really, but... I guess it's unusual for people to open with their most well-known song. But I'm having fun with it. I mean, in fact, in one show I did in San Diego, it was an open kind of, uh, sort of a festival type thing. And there were tents, there was a beer tent and a merch tent and things like that. And people were congregated around those. And I had about, I don't know, you know, maybe a couple of hundred people in front of the stage. And when I started always something there to remind me, what it did was it grabbed everybody's attention. And those people that were dealing with the tents suddenly came in and they all flocked in. And... And I think it's really important when you're doing such a short set. I mean, you know, on a normal set, I'll open with something like Voices in My Head or Emotion Emotion or something from the album, which Naked Eyes fans know, but are not generally so well known. And, um, and I think if I was opening with those, then the people would have stayed at the tents. But because I'm opening with something that remind me, people are, you know, people are involved right from the beginning. And so I think it was a good idea. I, th- I, think you're, I think you're on the tour when it comes down here to Florida. Yes, and they're playing uh, August thirtieth at Ruth Eckert Hall in Clearwater, which is a great venue. Um, is it? It is. Every, artists love it. The crowds oh, are always right. enthusiastic. Is it like a performing arts center? It is. Yeah, but those are always great, and the reason being because of the the, the sound quality, um, and it, and it's beautiful to get on a stage and be able to hear yourself, and and it, and it aids the performance. I mean, you know, I mean, you have to go through it even when you get in the in the bad situation sound wise. You you just have to act as if it is, you know. It is good. I can guarantee the crowd here when, the, like the crowd in Vegas, the crowd here when they when you play every song, everyone's going to know every word of every Fantastic. of every song. I, everyone around me in Las Vegas was singing along to every single one of your songs. Oh, nice! It was it was it was really something. Yeah, it was it was a good show. I really had fun in Vegas. Um, and actually, the shows have just been getting better and better. The um, the LA show was was amazing. We played at the uh, Gibson Amphitheater, that's right, um, yeah. which is a quite a big quite a big hall, but it's really beautifully laid out. And and we had a fantastic crowd there. It was it was a great night. Yeah. Now I think I think only I mean probably the really hardcore '80s fans out there probably realize that you were once in a band called Neon. All right. And then that when that uh, band broke up, it actually led to two bands being formed. Yeah. Naked Eyes and Tears for Fears. I know it's amazing, isn't it? It is. Uh, all from a little town called Bath, that has a population of about seventy thousand. <laughs> where, where's Bath in England? It's about 100 miles west of London. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful city, actually, if, I, if you ever go. I've, I've been over there a couple times. I haven't been there. The, you should uh, go. It's definitely uh, worth, worth, uh, you know, worth the start. We, we'd love to. What we're going to try to do next year is try to get like a little co- convention of our, our fans of the podcast oh, to, right. to go over there when there's a big show that features a lot of acts from the decade that we love. Right. Well, they're doing a lot of that in Europe now. Um, here and now, I think they're called the tours. Yeah. And they're they're doing a lot of the '80s things, and it's really popular. 
Right. Uh, you know, they, they're getting fantastic crowds and, and they're great, you know, getting some great bands from back in those days. Have you ever had a chance to uh, tour on a double bill with uh, Tears for Fears? No, we never have. Um, like I say, I've only been back on the road for the last three years. You, re- you know, when my partner died, which was nine years ago, um, we'd been attempting to get back out and do some shows, and we would offer some Far East, you know, um, or Philippines, Singapore, those kind of things. And we were actually considering doing those, um, and then Rob passed away. So <clears throat> once that once that happened, everything changed for me, and I just sort of, did, you know, I didn't even think about performing live. And it was only when I released an album called Everything and More, which was all the 12-inch uh, dance mixes from the 80s, and the label suggested I do some do some live shows that I put a little band together and uh, and went out and played a couple of shows <coughs> in LA, um, just speculative things really. Um, and I and I was going to do some in stores to sell the album, and uh, and but it went down so well and and I, and I immediately got an agent and one thing led to another and I've been literally uh, on the road for the past three years. What I, when I talked to uh, Martin Fry uh, of ABC a, a few weeks ago. <coughs> I asked him what it was like going on a tour like this where you have you know so many bands from the same era and yeah. uh, and he and he said it was it was it was interesting because you know back in the day everybody was sort of rivals everybody fighting for the number right. one spot but now everyone's sort of like we're all comrades in arms. Yeah, I agree. And Martin and I've done a lot of stuff. I've probably done <clears throat> apart from this regeneration I've probably done about at least a half a dozen maybe 10 shows with Martin over the past few years. Um, you know, all over the country, actually, and uh, and and it's true. We, you know, we get we get on well, and we, and we, you know, we've had that sort of history. Um, you know, we came out around the same time, and we were using similar similar technologies in those days. Of course, everybody in America, probably everybody around the world, who grew up in the '80s knows always something there to remind me. Yeah. But, but I don't think everybody knows now. Most, you know, the hardcore fans, sure, but yeah. not everybody knows. It's a cover. It's a cover song of a Burt Bacharach song, and I'm just kind of curious. When when did you first hear the original version of the song? Oh my God! When I was a little kid, um, it was a big hit in England for Sandy Shaw, and uh, and I knew nothing of Dion Warwick's version. I, I just knew that Sandy Shaw was like this killer. 19 year old chick doing it and she and she used to walk around in barefoot bare feet that was her gimmick <laughs> and uh and she was very sexy and everything oh how can i forget you when there is always something there to remind me always something there to remind me i was born to love you and i And it was it was number one here, and it was such a great song. <clears throat> I mean, the song, the, the construction of the song, the chord sequence, and everything about it is very unusual. I mean, it has uh, eight bar sections, fourteen bar sections. It, it's not like a normal pop song. It's very weird, and uh, <clears throat> and it's um, you know, and, uh, and at the time we were in, Rob and I were in the studio recording demos, and we were working quite intensively, and we just decided to do a cover, and. 
I'd always liked that song, and I and I always liked the Dusty Springfield song, uh, You Don't Have to Say You Love Me, and a few other girl singers from the 60s. I thought they would, those would be the best ones to cover, rather than, you know, male singers. So I was looking for one of those um, one of those songs, and always something there to remind me to sort of hit it, and Rob started playing it on the, on you know, on the synth, and, and, and it just happened very quickly. acoustic version that you play on um, the album, the album uh, Fumbling with the Covers, it yeah. almost sounds like a completely different song. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, it's one of those songs that actually lends itself to, I mean, I think it's been covered many times, maybe 30, 40 times. Yeah. Most people stick to the original arrangement of it, whereas I've never stuck to the original arrangement of anything. Right. So, <laughs> and one of the reasons for that was when I was a kid, I, I, you know, the Beatles were one of my favorite bands. And uh, and I'd always sing along with their songs, and I would just make up my own lyrics, and and I would change the melodies and things like that. <laughs> so uh, so that's basically what I do when I get you know when I when I play somebody else's song, I tend to uh, tend to take liberties with it. I think I had read somewhere that your vocals were recorded in one take at yeah. one in the morning. Oh God, yeah. In fact, it may have even been later there, maybe three in the morning. We were we were quite wasted at that point. That's amazing. It, it was. It, I mean, it's never happened before, and uh, and certainly hasn't happened since. It was one of those nights. Where there was a there was a big party at Abbey Road where we were recording the album, and um, Paul McCartney was there, and Linda, and uh, a lot of English, uh, big big English pop stars like um, Billy Fury, and and I can't remember what the party was for. We were working in the studio, but the party was downstairs, and they said, "Why don't you come down and have a couple of drinks?" <clears throat> and of course, one thing led to another. And so by about the middle of the night, uh, it seemed like a great time to do the vocal. And, um, and so we, you know, we, we stuck it upstairs and, and we did it. And, uh, and it was quite incredible, actually, because, it, you know, in those days, the way, you know, the way that one recorded a vocal was to, um, to, to get one that was almost there and then do drop-in. So, you, you know, there was a line you didn't like, you would just drop in and out. And, um, but it is always a laborious process. Uh, you know, promises, promises. I probably spent three days doing vocals for that. Wow! And most most songs, it, it, it takes a long time. I mean, because there's there's a technique, and also getting a performance uh, at the same time, it's it's difficult stuff. But so you know, to always something there to remind me was one of those just like magical moments. You know, we were we were very relaxed and loose, and and you know, just basically having fun. Well, it it, and, um, it almost needed that. I mean, the, the the way what the song is about, and yeah, you needed that sort of tired, uh, loose, yeah. not not entirely sober, not entirely, yeah. yeah. It works. It works perfect for that. I agree, and we and there's so much luck involved in it. I mean, the things like the intro, the the tubular bells that we use, we were just you know sitting around in Abbey Road, and 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 we discovered these bells, and they were in the studio, and we thought, well, why don't we try them out? And we did, and we just thought, man, this is incredible. Because using synths, because we were, you know, we used all synthesizers. We didn't really use anything else, and we started to bring in like a brass player here and there just to give it a bit of color, a bit of texture. But the bells just to set that track up, and um, 
you know, it, it was just, uh, you know, it's all luck, basically. And, you know, luck getting that vocal that, that just sat in the track and just had the right attitude. And, and then the real luck, I, I believe, came when we shot the video. Because the video just kind of spoke to the whole song. I mean, it wasn't that I was acting in that film. I had actually been up all night, and we started at, like, 6 in the morning, and it was raining, and I was absolutely miserable shooting it. So it was really a case of, uh, you know, the director and producer of that, when, um, Simon Milne, the director, was just fantastic. And I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, we, we had a couple of meetings, and we discussed various aspects of it, but I had no idea what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, he just told me what to do, and I just did it. And, but the, the video, I'm very, you know, I'm very happy to say I'm still pleased with all these years later, whereas a lot of the, lot of the 80s videos I'm not so happy with. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's a top 10 video. I mean, it's, you know, if you look in all the time, it, it's, it's one of those ones that the, the beginning of the song is so distinctive. I mean, everybody knows it yeah. a half a second into it. The video right. comes on. Everybody knows it a half a second into it. I mean... To catch lightning like that is just yeah exactly and you know and I always say that to people people seem to think there's some kind of magic uh, way of uh, you know having a commercial success in the music business and there really isn't it, you know because I you know I I actually but I was doing an interview earlier and he was saying what's the main difference between now and then and and I said well actually there really isn't any difference I, I'm still doing the same thing I always did uh, you know before before we had hits uh, you know. I did the same thing. I got up and went to work, basically. And, and uh, you know, and every now and then you get lucky. And like you say, lightning strike. I want to ask about Rob Fisher, um, yeah. your bandmate and, and Naked Eyes. How, how did you meet him? Well, it, once again, it was just a, a fortuitous bit of luck. Basically, we both had bands in Bath. He had a group called White Wing, which was a, uh, a sort of, I don't know, jazz rock sort of ensemble. And uh, I had a group called Studio, which was a power pop guitar-driven band. And they both broke up around the same time. And uh, he and I had done, done, uh, done a couple of sessions together at a local studio. And so we knew each other vaguely. And uh, one day I was walking across a bridge in Bath called Pontley Bridge. And he was having an argument with a girl singer from his band. And she was looking like she was going to like punch him on the nose, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I sort of intervened and said, how are you doing? Because I knew them both. And so, and so I kind of broke out this fight, and then she left in a half, and I said to him, do you fancy a beer? So he said yes, and that was it, basically. So we, we became long, long-time beer buddies. <laughs> and, uh, but our, our idea was that we, you know, we both got sick and tired of bands. I mean, we just had it with, you know, dealing with other musicians, and we just wanted to be songwriters, so that's what we did. The, the following day was a Monday, and we went to work. I, I went to his place around noon, and we worked till about 5.30 when the pubs opened. And then we went to the pub. And that's what we did every day for, you know, at least the first year. And, uh, and that's, that's how it all happened. I, I so want your life. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
what were the circumstances in which you guys decided to 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 walk away from Naked Eyes? Um, uh, well, <clears throat> uh, as you as you're aware, being in a band of any kind is like sort of like a marriage, and a two man band is even more like a marriage. It was just one of those things. We we were just kind of fed up with each other, I guess. And after a while, even the simplest things, the way somebody eats soup, for instance, can be very irritating. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, we just we just were moving, we were just going in a different direction. I mean, we were still great friends. I mean, he was the best man at my wedding, and you know, um, I was more and more living in California, and he was in London. He was doing sessions, and he, he got involved with uh, Simon Climey, who who um, who was a singer writer, and, and they and they started working together in EMI. He put them put them together to record some stuff, which was really great. They had a fantastic uh, hit love, with uh, love changes, love changes, and love changes. Yeah, and um, you know, at some point we just were, you know we 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 had a lot of business interests together, obviously. So you know, at some point we just said like, we're having lunch one day, and he said, you know, I think I think I want to do this thing with Simon, and I said that's great because I'm happy in California. I'm working with Stevie Wonder. I'm I'm doing you know all kinds of stuff, and I'm having done my life in California. Let's let's knock it on the head, let's go our separate ways. It was very amicable. And, uh, you know, we worked all the business aspects out very easily. There, there wasn't any, uh, you know, there, there weren't any problems with it, which made it really great when we got back together again later. You know, there, there was nothing, you know, we didn't hurt each other over it, if you know what I mean. Right. Now, when um, when he passed away in 1999, yeah. you, you were working on a new album together. Yes, we were. Um, some of which will be, not with him playing on it, but some of which will be the songs on the new album, Piccadilly, which I'm about probably about halfway through and hope to have available early next year. Yeah, I mean, we, we wrote songs. It was just what we did together. I mean, and even, you know, after we broke up for a few years and we got back together, we immediately, you know, carried on where we, where we left off. It was uh, that's what that's what we did, and uh, you know, we wrote and, and recorded stuff, and some of it's really beautiful, um, really poignant songs. There's one that I I don't know if I did it in, um, in I don't think I did it in Vegas, but it's called Lose I Can't Get Over Losing You, and it, and it's not related to Rob in any way, but we it was one of the last things we wrote together, and it's kind of um, you know always reminds me of of him. I I uh I heard one of the new songs uh movies I dream. Yeah. Was I think you I'm sure you I'm pretty sure you played it in Vegas. And, yeah, I think I did play in Vegas. And um I I heard I heard a um the album version of it earlier today. Immediately I recognized it from the set in 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 Las Vegas, but I also remember because before you played the song in Las Vegas, you had the the most hilarious intro where you basically said, you know, that there are four words that concert audiences hate right. to hear, and that's here's a new song. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, that was that's hilarious, and uh, yeah. and then you and then you launched into it. And I love it. And I can't I've, since I heard it this morning again. I can't yeah. get, I can't get it out of my head. That was a song that Rob and I wrote before we recorded our first album, and it was one of our very early two-track demos. It never even made 
In fact, I'll tell you something. Neon, the, the band with Roland and Kurt, we did a version of it, but it was, just didn't, it wasn't right. It was like a rock band playing it. And that was all the problem we had back in those days. Anything we did, we could never get the naked eye sound because of the technology. It just wasn't, wasn't around. Um, but yeah, it was one of the first, uh, you know, one of the very early songs that Rob and I wrote, and I always wanted to record it. And, uh, and now, of course, you know, now, now's the time to do it. So, so I did. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be available on an EP, and, and we were hoping to have it before the tour started, but everything seems late with the merch and everything. So we'll have it, definitely have it in Florida. Oh, fantastic. Uh, the, um, yeah. I, when I listened to it, I, I thought, well, my God, it sounds like very, very early Naked Eyes, as, as, yeah. as opposed to most of the stuff with uh, Fumbling with the Covers, which is more acoustically oriented. Yeah. So. Is the is the new is Piccadilly going to be more synth heavy? Is it going to be absolutely? More yeah, the whole album will be like that. Um, you know, the acoustic thing was a sort of diversion for me, and in many ways, it was kind of one of those things that I just I wanted to just explore my roots and and, and where, where I came from musically more than uh, more than anything else. It's a very you know it's a, you know um, a very personal kind of album. And uh, but the Piccadilly album will really be a, a Naked Eyes album. Um, Piccadilly is a song that that I it's a song I recently wrote actually, but it's obviously about London and 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 um, and that's you know they're going to be the title song. Movies I Dream. There's the Last to Know. Which, there have been a couple of versions of that, but this uh, the version that I do live um, now. So that that'll be on it. And there's a song called Losing You, which is a song that I wrote with Rob. I think about half of it are songs that I wrote with Rob. And some of the songs I wrote with um, Brad Buxer, who was uh, Stevie Wonder's um, keyboard player, and also uh, he, he it was with and still maybe with Michael Jackson. I'm not sure, but he he's been with Michael since the sort of early '90s. So some of the songs that I wrote with Brad are going to be on that album, and um, some songs that I wrote by myself. But it's very much it's, it'll be very much a synth-based um, Naked Eyes album. Fantastic! I look forward to it. I, yeah. was, I was listening to a lot of uh, fumbling with the covers this uh, this morning when I was getting ready for the interview, and one of the songs that um, I think you played when the lights go out in Vegas, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And um, but but I, I came across your your cover of Rocket Man by Elton John. All right. And man, did you do a nice job on that. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. Touchdown brings me around again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home Oh no, no, I'm a rocket man Rocket man, burning out his fuse up here alone Thank you. You know what? I did a, I did a thing in Carnegie Hall last year. It was a, an Elton John tribute. And I got to stand in Carnegie Hall and play that song with just an acoustic guitar. Can you imagine? No, I can't. I, was, I, 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 now I'm just mad that you didn't play it in Vegas. <laughs> how much, how much, what do I got to do to talk you into playing it in Clearwater? Um, well, I just don't have time to do... The, I, know, I mean, was, you know, the fans want to hear the Naked Eyes hits. I, I know. You know, yeah. I'd love to do that. I'd love, you know... I, well, at some point, you'll have to come to a show when I do a sort of hour and hour and 15, and I will do some acoustic numbers in the middle and, um, you know, do a, a complete show. I mean, it's really difficult on this tour. I mean, I love doing it, but it is frustrating in, in that I can't, you know, I can't relax and, and do a couple of acoustic numbers and that sort of thing. Well, I'm actually going to be backstage in Clearwater because I think I'm cool. hand, 
I think I'm handling the introductions, uh, the stage introductions. Oh, really? So, so if I come up to you and I beg you to play uh, like just a couple, uh, I'll do it. Of of Rocky Man, you'll do it. I'll do it. Oh man! Uh, yeah, if you bring you bring your mic and pod, uh, your iPod or whatever, <laughs> or your little recorder, I'll do it for you. The um, I get I get real nervous when I do it when I do those stage introductions, but I think I'll feel a whole lot better when I see you take the stage and and hit that first uh, first chord and those first couple notes of always something there to remind me. I think I'll be fine mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Always something there to remind me Always something there to remind me So how cool is that? He parties with McCartney, goes upstairs, records his biggest hit while he's loaded... I'm going to start doing this show drunk. I'd be so much better. I thought you were all along. <laughs> That's very cool. That's a, I love when you get those great stories out of those people. You're a great interviewer. Thanks. And what? And look, and how about the promise he made you? Yeah. I haven't heard that rock and mad. I'd love to oh, hear that. God. That's one of my favorite songs. It's really songs. good. When he, you could, I could almost, I mean, he was really, I can tell that he really enjoys playing it. Then yeah. when he got a chance to play it at, at, at uh, Carnegie Hall, that must have been a thrill. And uh, no, I am. I'm taking him up on it. In fact, I'm gonna. That's the first thing I'm gonna do. I'm gonna like be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Martin Fry. Step aside. You know, Dale Bazio. I'll talk to you later. I want to find Pete Byrne because right. he's he's making good on that promise. Ah, by the sound of the tune, it must be time for Reader Mailbag. Hey, Sean's picked out some beauties this week. I understand. I have some killer. I have two shorties. And a really epic one from the general. Douglas Arthur? Yes. Nice. Yeah, so um, are you ready? Fire away. Letter number one. This is from Christy. Congratulations on the hot Las Vegas weekend and meeting the Las Vegas girlfriend. I was really happy to hear of it, and I hope you're still walking on clouds. Hooray for you. I now look to you as my example. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Christy, Christy, Christy. I now look to you as my example. I am right in the middle of a divorce and just a little bit bitter. I keep thinking that that was it. I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. No more love for me. But I got a little boost from the last podcast. It gives me hope that it still may be out there, and it might happen when I least expect it. Don't stop believing because I won't stop believing. Christy. Nice. I got to admit, um... When I first read this, I was talking to Vegas girlfriend on the telephone, and I read it to her, and and her and I sent back to Christy uh, Vegas girlfriend's reaction to the letter, which was, you know, she was really touched by it too. Are you touched by it right now? You're tearing up. You know, I gotta say, <clears throat> if I can just say something real quick in between letters one and two, that is, I was not BSing people on the last show that you really have changed, and even I'm starting to hear from people around work who are like. Yeah, Spearsy seems a little different. Somebody said you were like uh, uh, it was like a pod person, but I think they meant it in a nice way. <laughs> Not like invasion of the body. But snatches. you are um, a vegetarian now. Yeah. You, you do not eat meat, which is just <laughs> effing with me. I gotta tell you that as I sit there and eat like a big like bologna hoagie, and you're pecking at your like uh, you know um, what'd you have today? A vegetarian a veggie sub? sub, yeah. God, you know, you're losing a lot of weight. Your skin is uh, is shiny and healthy. You're a new man. Looking good, Billy Ray. 
feeling good, Lewis? I don't know what to say. I just keep waiting for and the You're so line. earnest, you know? And now when I, like, you know, I, I call you, like, an effer or something like that, it's like, no, Sean, I, that's not how I roll anymore. <laughs> really, you're very, you're serious. It's freaking me out. All right, letter number two from Martin Yu. Steve and Sean, great podcast. Absolutely compelling. Though just hearing of Steve's drunken exploits gave me a hangover. The, pod, the podcast clearly demonstrated that Sean is doing the show out of a genuine affection for the time period, and that Steve is only doing it to get... <laughs> Bravo, Steve Spears. Bravo, Martin. Nice. <laughs> is that true? Martin's got a mouth on him. Yeah, he really Yeah, you does. have a genuine affection for the 80s. That's the first thing that pops to mind when I think of the name Sean Daly. <sighs> I'm just in it for the paycheck, baby. <laughs> I know you are. But there are some people out there who, who appreciate my shallowness. I'll take any decade that'll have me. If we start doing After it. After this, I gotta go do uh, Stoned in the 60s. <laughs> no stems, no seeds that you don't need. Acapulco Gold is. Bad as we. Letter number three. Are you ready? Sure. This one's uh, a, a pretty epic. This one's pretty epic. There's a lot going on here. Some laughs, some tears. A little switcheroo. Are you you're, you're prepared for this? Uh, when you say switcheroo, I get nervous. This is from Douglas the General Arthur, one of your favorite listeners. Definitely. Hi, Steve and Sean. As you know, I have been a longtime listener to the podcast and contributor to the blog. But I don't know if I've ever let you know exactly how much it has come to mean to me over the last few years. Ever since I discovered your podcast with the great Stan Ridgway interview you did way back when... I have been, well, stuck on you guys. I have come to know you, or at least your podcast personas, and discovered a couple of guys I am sure I would feel comfortable hanging out with. Steve especially. (laughs) Our birthdays are just a month apart, and we experienced the 80s from similar perspectives. Sean, at first I was annoyed by you, but you have grown on me more and more over time, especially when you drop out unexpected nuggets. (laughs) Mm, nuggets, (laughs) especially when you drop out unexpected nuggets like the fact that you are a big Night Stalker fan that's right I love Kolchak and the fact we were both at the same Stones concert in Syracuse all those years ago that's right at the Carrier Dome anyway I just wanted to thank you guys for saving my sanity of late on long road trips just a few weeks ago my wife sprained her ankle and I was forced to drive her from Albany to Rochester so she could join her sister and mother for the American Idol concert The podcast seriously saved my life on the way back home. Since I had to work at 8 a.m. the next morning, we had to leave from my sister-in-law's house right after the concert, which was around 11 p.m. My wife stayed awake for a brief time, regaling me with all the details of the show, then curled up in the back seat and went to sleep, leaving me to stay awake by myself and nary a bag of Funyuns to munch on. Since she was sleeping, I couldn't really listen to the radio, so I popped an earbud into my right ear and dialed up Stuck in the 80s. I re-listened to the Stan Ridgway interview, the Repo Man show, and for some odd reason, the Brian Johnson ACDC interview. Before I knew it, I was pulling into the driveway at Stately Arthur Manor at 2.30 a.m., none the worse for wear. I am sure that without your podcast to keep me engaged and keep me company, I would have fallen asleep at the wheel. So you saved my life and the life of my wife that night. I just wanted to say thanks. I know it is a bit unusual, but I was wondering if you might play a small bit of Stan's awesome song, Drive, she said, on the podcast as a kind of long-distance dedication. It would mean a lot. Keep up the great work, and I'll keep listening. Duty now. Douglas, the General Arthur. 
That's nice. Now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. Not really a romantic song there, but uh, that was very nice. Though. I get where he's coming from. It was a very thoughtful letter. How many listeners do you think have been annoyed at me at some point? <sighs> All of them? All 50,000? You know, I remember back to when you uh, made the comment about Patty Smythe's face <laughs> at yeah. the uh, Scandal you know concert. I- and you know who you, you really upset that day? Was uh, Six. Oh, yeah. And Six you know, has been missing of late, and people have been kind of wondering where she at. So I emailed her the other day, and I heard back. Six lives. How's she doing? She's doing great. She says she's just really busy and hasn't had much time to uh, to write in. But she's she's around and she's still listening. Six was like our first celebrity listener. Yeah, people still people love the story. Love her. I've oh, heard her story was great. Uh, the MTV Rockin' New Year's. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you something, Steve. A lot of things come out of my mouth, you know, <laughs> and uh, I'm not I'm not proud of. Uh, Basically, eighty-five percent of them. So yeah, that was a. I shouldn't have said that about the the lovely Patty Smythe. Yeah, and all the other people I you know put down. So Daniel Deese. All <laughs> right. Oh come on. <laughs> like you got the magic tongue. Actually, you know what? I no. Don't even grin at me. Shut up. I hate you. I can get the Vegas girlfriend on the phone. If oh, you, want. you know what? I am. Let's move on to some stupid other segment. What's happening, hot stuff? Aha, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. Hey, it's the weekly segment where I play a piece of a movie from the 80s, and if you can name it, Funyuns, or even maybe a free CD could be in the works for you. Anyway, pay attention. Here was last week's Mystery Movie Clip. You Blonowitz. You Blonowitz. You Blonowitz. I don't even have to ask if Sean Daly knows the answer. Do you know the reason that I got into the newspaper business is because of this movie? Did Na- you know that? Name it. It is Continental Divide. Yeah. That's the reason? Yeah, Ernie Suchek. And my dad met Blair Brown once and went up to her and said, you know, the reason my, my, my son's a writer is because of your movie. And she was really touched by it. Who would you rather, Blair Brown or Dana Delaney? <laughs> that's like the question of the ages i'm like wow it's brilliant um see now i feel bad like i'm betraying blair brown because i i, I love her in um continental divide and they look real close in fact i sometimes confuse him really oh, a Dan, little bit dana delaney is like she totally does it for me and you know why i love dana delaney and people are are, are, are magnum pi fans who love it because like the greatest magnum pi episodes were like uh, when he goes to L.A. and he falls in love with Dana Delaney, and everyone wanted Magnum to wind up with her. But instead he winds up with whatever her name was, Michelle, who nobody liked. Are you with me on this? Yeah, I'm hearing you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you ever watch Magnum? A little bit. What are you, a commie? (laughs) I think we established that. I'd like to hear from some people who remember Dana Delaney on Magnum P.I. and and wanted Magnum to be with her. I like China Beach, Dana Delaney with the short hair. Or... Dana Delaney, the dominatrix from Exit to Eden. I've never seen that movie. Nah, it's a really crappy movie. Is she naked in it? Yeah. Really? Yes. Full frontal nudity. Let's do a show on that next week. Full frontal Come on. Full frontal? Full frontal. Even her special place? Yes. 
Wow. I'm telling you, it's nice. Well, it's nice. Sometimes Hollywood. You know, you took a really nice thing here. I was talking about Blair Brown and how much I, it, she well, meant to me to in it. journalism. We can go back to it. And, that, and you had to sully it with your dirty questions. <laughs> Both of them. If you I know had... what? I'm going to be a gentleman and say I'd like to have a three way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, some of the winners this week include Dan Vay, Marshall Azar, Alan Lindsay, Don in Tulsa, and the man known only as Rowan. Pay attention now. Here is this week's mystery movie clip. Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the diet frozen yogurt bar, it went out of business last summer. Oh, Mr. Daly. Exit to Eden. Nah, that'd be Sorry. too easy. Now I just got that, uh, that movie on my head. I know. I, I, I'm not, well, we should rent it. We'll have like a little oh, yeah, you and wild let's turkey sit, Let's fest. sit really close on yeah. there. I'd say we get some Taco Bell, but now that you don't eat meat or fast food anymore and I you're can so eat healthy. Bean, bean burrito. Oh, you know what? I am going to smack you. I like bean I'm burritos. I'm going to shove a butt steak down your <laughs> mouth. You better eat meat. I love God bean burritos. I like bean burritos before I was a veggie. Anyway, if you know the name of the movie, email me at stuckinthe80s at tippy.com and find out if you're a wiener. Uh, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Hey, it's the weekly segment. I thought you were going to get rid of the wiener. I thought there was a referendum on wiener. There was a referendum on wiener. What are all your sycophants telling you about they the They say wiener? they love the wiener. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they love it. Really? I didn't keep it have, on with the wiener? There was not a single person. Of course not. Because why would they ever disagree with you, Steve? Jackass. All right, fine. The wiener lives on. The wiener lives forever. Anyway, pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. Ah, yes, the fix with Saved by Zero. You know, I've seen the fix live before. Did you? Yeah. Cy Kernan, the lead singer, he apologizes about doing new stuff. (laughs) He's, he really? like, yeah, he's like, and then we'll do all. They were actually, they were pretty good, very natty. They were fun. I saw them up in um, Alexandria, Virginia. They're a good time. They were just here in St. Pete um, within the last month or two. I didn't get a chance to see them. They were playing an outdoor show, and I'm like, I have a thing about outdoor shows, man. Because you sweat a lot? I, I do tend to perspire. I listen. It's not sweat. Now that you're healthy and you're losing weight like crazy, and I mean, you probably won't sweat anymore. You know, I sweat when I was a kid. I mean, when I was like a little, like a wee little lad, and uh, it was so bad and so embarrassing that at one really bad moment in my life, I used to try to put antiperspirant on my face. Oh god! I, 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 <laughs> it was so bad. I I was so self conscious about it because it was just it was literally like, you know, what's up with this? And um. So before I would go to Boy Scouts, I would take any 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 deodorant and just go on my face. You must have smelled great, though. Yeah, best yeah. smelling Boy Scout around. <laughs> exactly. But the troop leaders loved you. <laughs> yeah, I bet they did. Anyway, some of the winners this week include Keith Terrell of Hendersonville, Tennessee, Steve from Chino Hills, Carlos Hernandez of St. Louis, Rush Cress. Jessica Seda Ruiz. Have we ever seen what Jessica Seda Ruiz looks you like? No, we haven't. I'm, I'm kind of like, there's something should, about her. Like the, the name, I love it. I just, kinda, I'm, it's smoky. Kinda, yeah, I'm yeah. curious about Jessica Seda Ruiz. It's a great what name. Do, what do you think it'll take to con her into sending us a photo? I don't know. Bunions? Maybe one of the Gitmo t shirts that uh, Jeff and Cuba left? Yes. Is yes. that what's going to take, Jessica? Come on, Jessica. 
We'll send you a bunch of free stuff. Let's just see. I a mean, picture. Dag Shields' uh, girlfriend sent us, you know, halfway naked photos. I'm not asking Funyuns. for halfway naked. No, just a nice photo. Yeah. Okay. And maybe holding a sign that says "Hi, Sean," <laughs> and then in small print, Steve yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. Nice. Other winners: Tony Green in McKinney, Texas. Anibal Rodriguez. Hey, Rod. Yeah, Melissa Karagi. Jeff in Vegas, my new friend Jeff in Vegas, and Mike in Austin. The last two people, of course, hung with me at Three Generation Tour. Love it. Pay attention. Here is this week's mystery clip. Ah, yes, the theme song from Exit to Eden. You're, you're just going to have yeah, that stuck in the brain. Google. I got to go Google, Google Images. <laughs> See what I can come up with because it's uh, kind of legal it's at work. just work. Yeah, it's just, they can't, work. They can't think, get me for a Google uh, image search. I think I'm doing I'm the, a pop culture writer. I'm doing a definitive series on Dana Delaney and her <laughs> musical tastes. No, it's, it's, it's a really bad movie, but it's got some moments. And uh, by moments, I mean full frontal nudity. Is it uh, Dan Aykroyd in that? Yeah, and Rosie O'Donnell. God, you don't see Dan Aykroyd full frontal, do you? You see him uh, dressed up as a leather daddy. Ugh, and you see uh, Rosie dressed up in uh, all leather. It's, it's not. It has its moments. Anyway, if you know the answer, email us at stuckinese at tempabay.com, and we'll let you know if you're a wiener. Hey, guys. This is Tony Ann from D.C., one of the poor souls who had to deal with the biggest Steve for four days. Seeing Naked Eyes and ABC in a time and concert made putting up with you well worth the trip. And so I not so reluctantly remain stuck in the 80s. Hey, hey, the great Tony Ann. You love her. You love her. She's fantastic. She's your sounding board. She's your muse. Yes? Yeah. And she's a great contributor to the blog at blogs.tabit. She comes over on mine every now and then. Does she? Yeah. What does she say? What's her taste run? Uh, she's got really good taste in uh, in new music. She's very complimentary. She's good. I wish she would come over more. She's really jealous, by the way, that you lent me the soundtrack to Starter for 10. Which, by the way, if you haven't got it, it's one of the ultimate 80s soundtracks. You know, uh, maybe if Tony Ann spent a little more time on my blog, I would send her some things. I think I got about another three copies of Starter for 10. Do you really? How about that, Tony Ann, huh? Huh? Speaking of giveaways... Are you ready for this? This is big. Huge. The Regeneration Tour is coming here to Tampa Bay. They're playing Clearwater, Ruth Eckert Hall, August 30th. I have five pairs of tickets to give away. In five? Ten total? Ten total, but I'm giving away in pairs because uh, the Stuck in the 80s Nation doesn't like to roll alone. I learned that during an 80s night at Tropicana Field. Five pairs that I'm giving out. Here's how it's going to work. Email me. You have 24 hours after I launch this email to email me. Of those 20, in those 24 hours, I will randomly select five winners for those five pairs of tickets. But wait, it's not over. One of those five pairs will also randomly be picked as a grand prize winner, and they will get a pair of backstage passes. Oh, come on. Really? Yes. That's cool. That's very so cool. So backstage passes. And look at the hangout with you backstage, yeah, too? Yeah, I will, I will take them backstage. I will show them. Uh, I will introduce them to Pete. Pete, maybe sing a little bit of Rocket Man for them. Uh, hopefully, they'll get to bump into uh, Martin Fry. They'll get to meet the great staff that works over there at Ruth Eckerd Hall. That I know them all very well. Don't. But the ushers hate me. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't, don't talk to the ushers about me. They hate me. But uh, like, these people can spend some time with you. Are you going to donate some of your time before? And yeah, after, maybe? I'm always. Uh, maybe my have time a beer is, with them. 
In my time is their time. The uh, no drinking backstage for me. I will be blogging live backstage from my own dressing room somewhere hidden in the bowels of the backstage area. So that's the way it works. You've got 24 hours from the uh, time that this goes online, more or less. Email me. Let me know. You've got to be obviously you know, in the Tampa Bay area or have the ability to get to the Tampa Bay area for the tickets to take effect. And, uh, and then cross your fingers, and next week we'll let you know who won the 10 free tickets and who won the backstage passes. It'll be a great show. Um, it's worth twice what they're charging for tickets to begin with. But, uh, hey, it's always nice to go for free. That's a great prize. Yeah. Pete Byrne, man. God. When he walks on the stage, man, you're going to know that this is where you're supposed to be tonight. I'm telling you, it's great. I mean, I, I, I still get chills thinking about the Vegas show. I still get chills. And then when Martin Fry takes on, he's, they're the headliners, ABC. Oh, God. You're going to be all right over there, no. Mr. Ernest? No, I'm not. Ernest goes to camp? I'm not, man. It's just... I know. Come here. God, Come here. Let me give you a hug. A little noogie, a little hug. Oh, that's nice. I really appreciate it. In the meantime, Sean Daly, myself, Pete Byrne, cast of the Regeneration Tour, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.